Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the New Testament reading of Acts chapter 2, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, today is Pentecost Sunday, a day where we remember the tongues of fire resting on the disciples and being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in many different languages so that everyone who was gathered in Jerusalem at that time was able to hear the good news of Jesus Christ in their own native tongue. Today is an important day in the life of the church. Now, some even view Pentecost as sort of the the birthday of the church because the word of God was able to be heard by all and thousands of people were added to their number that day. I mean, this is the kind of instantaneous impact God can have in the lives of people. The Holy Spirit can touch the ears, the minds, the hearts of people so that, just like that, they believe. And we're told that there were many, many men from every nation under heaven present, which means that everyone who heard the word of God that day would have been able to take that message back to their own homes and spread it throughout their own people, that more would be con- continue to be added to their numbers, to those who believed in Jesus as Lord and Savior, which has now made its way all the way to us today. And I imagine that for many, if not all, of the disciples who were a part of Pentecost, who were gifted with the ability to speak in different languages, that they would tell you that this was like a mountaintop experience for them, that it was a high point in their life. And it's possible that some of those who heard God's word in their own language that day would also tell you that hearing the good news of Jesus that day for the first time ever was also a mountaintop experience. And as important as Pentecost is to the life of the church, and obviously it's important because, well, here we are remembering it, we're celebrating it, it is not the most important day of the church year. And in fact, I don't even think it finishes in the top three for most important days of the church year. I think we have to say that the birth of Christ, Christmas Day, the death of Christ, Good Friday, and the resurrection of Christ, Easter Sunday, are the three most important days in the church. Because without these three days, we never make it to Pentecost. This mountaintop experience that many were involved in. If Jesus isn't conceived by the same Holy Spirit who works at Pentecost, if he isn't born of the Virgin Mary, if he never has his own mountaintop experience, that being his journey to Mount Calvary, where he lays down his life for the world, if he never rises from the dead, if he doesn't ascend into heaven with the promise that the Holy Spirit will come, Pentecost doesn't happen. 
And Pentecost is special because we don't often see moments of immediate impact with the Word of God. It's not often where in one day, 3,000 people are added to a group who was previously, when they were gathered, 120. That is a growth of more than 25 times what it was just days earlier when Matthias had been added to their number as he had been chosen to replace Judas. Just because we don't see these huge conversion rates today doesn't mean that God still doesn't work in that way. God can have that kind of instantaneous impact in the lives of his people still today. And baptism would be one of those instantaneous moments that we see. And that's because that this is all God's work. It is not the work of man. Baptism is unique because as we believe in infant baptism, infants aren't able to verbalize their faith like those who were there at that first Pentecost. But that doesn't mean that infants don't believe. And so we trust in God and his word that those who are baptized do have faith because of the work of the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't mean it always happens like that. Number one, because not everyone is baptized as an infant. And number two, because sin gets in the way of lots of things, including our faith. So even if we are baptized, we still can turn away from the faith. We can turn away in unbelief. And that is our work. We are the ones who reject God and his word. We are the ones who sin. And we are the ones who start doubting and, be and stop believing. And that's because we are all born into sin. From the time we are conceived in our mother's womb, we are sinners. That's what we call original sin. Because it goes back to our original parents, Adam and Eve, when they ate the forbidden fruit and brought sin and death into this world. And as we are born into sin, we have what's called this sinful nature. And so it is natural for us to sin. And that means when given the choice between God and sin, we will always choose sin. What we bring to the table when it comes to our faith is sin. We don't bring anything good. There is nothing good in us. There is just sin and death. Because what we deserve for our sins is death. And not just physical death, but also eternal death. It's hell. It's suffering. It's being forever separated from God and his love and grace. And God would be just and right in giving us that. Which is why we need Jesus to have his mountaintop experience at Calvary. That's why we need him to die on the cross. It's for us. It's for our sins. It's for the death that we deserve. Without him there, there is no life in us. There is no hope. 
there is no future. And we don't deserve to have Jesus be born for us, to die for us, to rise for us, to send his Holy Spirit to give us the gift of faith to believe in him. We deserve the exact opposite. That's how much God loves us, that he would willingly, voluntarily suffer hell for us in order to give us heaven. That he would become sin for us to take away our sin. That he would offer up his life to rescue us from death. And his death and resurrection changes everything. It rescues us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. It brings us the forgiveness of sins. It gives us eternal salvation to all who believe in him. But how does that impact the rest of our life? You see, we all have mountaintop experiences in our own lives. We have the ones that deal with our personal lives. And they're going to be different for all of us. But many of us might point to our wedding day, or maybe the birth of our children. Maybe it's taking a trip somewhere. Maybe it is to a mountain. Maybe it's to some place with a fantastic view or a place that gives you a, an incredible adventure. Maybe it's our personal goals that we accomplish in life, like getting our dream job, catching a stunning fish that you're proud to take a picture of. Maybe it's running a marathon or even crossing a finish line of your first race. Maybe it's winning a competition that you gave your all in. Maybe it's having the best marks in class. Maybe it's helping those who are in need, serving the community where you live, or even taking a trip and serving others who are in need. And we also have these mountaintop experiences in our spiritual life as well. Some of them we might remember, and some of them we might not remember. For a pastor, the day that you are ordained into the ministry is a pretty special one. As fellow brothers in ministry pray over you and you begin your official journey, your calling in serving God and his people. Maybe your confirmation becomes a mountaintop experience. A day that you will always remember. I remember my confirmation day. I remember kneeling at the altar. I remember receiving my confirmation verse. I remember my grade 8 teacher telling me that he had the same confirmation verse. I remember this picture being taken. Because I was the shortest one in the class and wanted to make sure everybody saw me. Today is an important day in the life of the church. It is a day for us to always remember. Today is an important day in the life of these three young ladies here. Now, they can certainly speak to their faith and have been able to do so for many years, probably. But now they're going to do it all in front of you guys. As they have completed their two years of confirmation, 
And what is confirmation? Well, confirmation is a right of the church. And that means it's not a command of God or of the church. You won't find confirmation commanded by Jesus in the Bible, anywhere in the New Testament even. What you will say, see in the New Testament is you'll see the early church devoted themselves to the teachings of the church. And that's really what confirmation is. They've been instructed in the teachings of the church, really the teachings of the Bible. And now they're going to confirm their faith that they've been taught, that they've learned, that has been instilled in them from their baptism by the Holy Spirit. And baptism is one of those mountaintop experiences that we probably don't remember, especially if it happened to us as infants. But what ultimately happens here in baptism is that we are united to Christ and his death and resurrection. We are buried with him into his death. And we rise with him in his resurrection to new life. And so Jesus' mountaintop experience becomes our mountaintop experience as we are joined with him through baptism into his death and resurrection. And the Holy Spirit gives us the faith to believe all of it. That same faith that's being confirmed in confirmation. And so because this faith that we're talking about is something that has been with them from their baptism, confirmation isn't supposed to be this mountaintop experience where, well, now we've reached the ultimate peak and there's no higher place that we can go. Sure, confirmation can be a mountaintop experience, but we're not going to set up our camp, pitch our tent, and stay here and never move beyond this point. Just because they are able to confirm their faith doesn't mean that there's nothing left to learn about their faith. That they should no longer study God's word. That they should no longer come to church anymore. That there's nothing more that they need to do in their spiritual life. This does happen. And this is a temptation that all of us are faced with. To let the journey end here. But this isn't a moment of, it's never going to get any better than this. And that's because there are many more important things on either side of their confirmation that are important. Just like there is for many of us, many of you who have been in their place before, sat where they're sitting, stood where they will be standing, or who have experienced it in a different church. Today might be a mountaintop experience, but it is still not the most important day of your spiritual journey. Baptism may have been the start, but confirmation certainly is not the end. It's just one more chapter 
in the book of your life. The book that God is writing. And the most important pages of your story have already been written. Because they've already happened. The big three. Jesus' birth, his death, and his resurrection. And the Holy Spirit is at work to make sure a day like confirmation is not your last chapter. Now, there is one more pretty important day that's still to come when it comes to your spiritual journey. And that is the day that Jesus welcomes you into heaven. That might be the day when he returns, when he comes back. Or that might be the day that you physically leave this earth. But the reality is, for those who believe, heaven is a present reality. So even though we're not walking into heaven as we speak, the day of our salvation has already come because of the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus marked you as one redeemed by him in baptism. Because Jesus has washed away your sins in baptism. Because he has clothed you with his righteousness that covers all of your sins. And that's why on a day like today, we were white to remember that. And because he has given you his Holy Spirit to give you the gift of faith to believe in him and to sustain your faith all the days of your life. And because he will be with you on this journey that you are on wherever it takes you. In your highest of highs, and your lowest of lows. And we're all going to have them. Jesus is the one who has done everything for you. And he will bring your life to completion on the day when he calls you home. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.